0: Hi, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast Season 2, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is a podcast dedicated to all things food, from recipe ideas to interviews with chefs, producers, purveyors, farmers, and people who just love culinary adventures like myself. So join us here on Fridays to explore the world through the lens of food, and together we can share some yummy food, some laughs, and I welcome you here at my table always. And if you're ready, let's go on a food adventure together starting right now. Hey everyone, welcome to the Food Adventures Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Fuller, and this is episode two of season two. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for coming. Thanks for joining. If you've been here a while, well then, what am I gonna say? You know what I'm gonna say. Don't take notes, I've taken all your notes. Go to my website for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. While you're there, what are you gonna see? All of my incredible food photography. That's what I do for a living. I'm a food and product photographer. Editorial, commercial, you need it, I got it. Shoot me an email. You need culinary sleuthing of any kind. Shoot me an email. You have questions about, I don't know, love. What the, what, what's the purpose of the world? What's the point? I can help you. No, I'm kidding. But I really, I can try at least. I can point you in some direction. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. And of course, tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. All right, you guys, let's do this. Let's go on a food adventure. The sun is shining. It's Monday when I'm recording this and it is i'm going to i'm going to just drop an f bomb wicked fucking cold it is so cold outside and tomorrow's going to be even colder oh my god days like this i truly miss living in a warmer climate but here we are i'm embracing it my husband loves it my fur baby loves it I'm just not on board with it. But I layer up and, you know, I whine to you guys. So how was your weekend? What'd you do? Tell me everything. Who watched season 14 of Drag Race this past weekend? You know I did. I have predictions. I'm not going to release those predictions quite yet. They are in a sealed envelope. No, I'm just kidding. But, like, I need to see the next seven girls that are going to come out on this Friday's episode. and And then we can talk even though that has nothing to do with food. (laughs) It's still a passion of mine. All things RuPaul Drag Race. So uh, before we get started, if you have not listened to last week's episode, stop what you're doing, because I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. No, I'm just kidding. Go, go, go back. Go, go in your time machine. That's my time machine music. Go back and listen to last week's episode Because this, my friends, is a two-parter. She's a twofer. We had so much fun. We're keeping the fun going this week. So go meet my guest. And if you've already met him, go meet him again. Because I've listened to this episode multiple times now. And I just can't get enough. Mm -mm. No ma'am. No ma'am. So (laughs) with that said, I I think we need to dive into this. All right. All right. One more time for the uh, cheap seats in the back. So... My guest, Andrew, Andrew Pryor from the Fabulously Delicious podcast, the cooking fabulous YouTube show, and hails from Australia and now lives in France. How's that for my accents? (laughs) Thank you guys for tuning in for part two of my wonderfully funny, uplifting, joyous, and just all around heartwarming conversation with my good friend, Andrew Pryor. That's, that is such a refreshing outlook on it. Do you see the city thriving now that things are opening up slightly? I mean, I know Europe and Paris and France are, are still a little more conservative. I could be wrong with this, but right now, so this is airing Uh, the first of the year in 2022. And we're talking just a few weeks before that. So I know with the new strain of COVID that just is coming out of South Africa, that's a huge concern worldwide. But the US is still kind of keeping its stance of where it's at. And I think Europe, it seems like I had a friend that was trying to fly to the UK and he got stuck on a layover in Lisbon and they were like, nope, 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 can't come into the UK paperwork didn't work out or whatever it was and so i know that there's still there's still restrictions in the in yeah, but there's
1: a, yeah there's a little bit of um lapsness with vaccines but they are trying to get that boosted up again it's nowhere near what it is like in the u.s yeah. i mean um here so that is good That they they're definitely they're very vaccine focused i think and i think that there will be changes with that but with travel it is fairly okay, depending on the countries, but most of the big major countries, Germany, France, Italy, etc cetera, it's free to travel around and do things like that. Um, so I don't see any restrictions there. But look, the French are always a little bit...
0: Conservative? Like,
1: yeah. Like, you know, nothing's ever fabulous. No. Um, you know, nothing's ever doing really, really well. No. Um, so there's always... I mean,
0: they're not like scary like the Germans, but they're very... No the uh, vanilla like they don't want to get yeah. too excited about anything because it could get taken away but they don't they're yeah. not depressed because it's they think France is way better than anywhere else around them
1: I know yeah so you know they're, they're, they're like that so yeah. I think you have to take that with a grain of salt and yeah. um and just accept that that's the way it is but no I do see That there's a lot, you know, we've got the Rugby World Cup coming up in 2023. Then you've got the Olympics. um, And I just think that after that, uh, there'll be lots of things. Because it still will and probably always be the most visited place in the world for tourists.
0: Absolutely. And you speak fluent French now. Mm. Okay, fluent enough. Fluent that you can... Order food, walk around, go to the markets, have conversations with people. You're not in deep debates about politics, but you're- you probably no, couldn't.
1: and I would love to be, that's my ideal, is to get to the stage that I can argue with a French person. Oh. I would love, in French, uh, I'd love that because arguing is, uh, it's part of everything. It's part of, you know, there's the food culture, um, uh, you know, there's the histo- history here, but there's also, yes, the arguing. I, mm. I remember being, one of my fondest memories of... Um, living in Paris, was going to the pool at All, Uh and um, I was swimming there at lunchtime and it was packed, absolutely packed. There was at least 20, to maybe even 30 people a lane oh. and that's how many people were swimming. And um, and somebody had uh, accidentally tapped the person swimming past them or something and they stopped in the middle of the lane and had an argument. Like no fisticuffs or anything, you just talking very loudly at each other and expressing themselves very very loudly and they did this for 15 minutes whilst people were swimming around them i actually stopped swimming and went over to the area of the pool where you could (laughs) stop swimming and just watched (laughs) and then when they finished arguing because people would stop and tell them to keep on moving on but then they wouldn't so they keep on swimming around yeah they then the guy then took the argument down to the actual pool guy like the the lifeguard and he then started to argue with the other person etc but it was all fine there was no need for police or anything like that it was just an argument and it it went on for a good yeah and you can imagine that person goes back on his lunch hour and he's got a story to tell you know an argument and i like to say that it was an argument it's not a fight no they weren't fighting
0: in no, Australia, it wasn't we would a say discussion. Was a fight. Oh, no no. no. no, no. No, it was just an argument. There was an a argument. difference
1: in that I, you know, that you he, he tapped you with his foot on your. Th- I don't know what they, they could have turned it, could have been a debate about Macron and Le Pen, Le Pen for sure, a while. Sure, absolutely. Know.
0: Who knows? Yeah. And so, do you and Peter speak French to each other at home?
1: No. Um, <laughs> it's... A word of advice, uh, listeners, if your partner speaks a language fluently and you don't, it's possibly not best for your partner to teach you that. No, Um, it's
0: horrible. no. No. No, no, it's the most frustrating, asinine thing, because even if like a good friend is trying to teach you the language, it's still really hard because you're like, it sounds like you're judging me because I'm not pronouncing this right. And I'm going to put now all of the fights that I've been meaning to fight with you about that I put mm. off into mm. this fight right now about you correcting me for the umpteenth time of how to say palm. Oh. So mm. you can palm suck it.
1: Yeah. But there's also, because you won't be listening to this episode. So there's no. also, um, uh, you know, uh, I don't teach him how to cook. No. So he doesn't come in the kitchen.
0: No, no. So he speaks fluent French.
1: Yes, he's. He can good.
0: argue with people.
1: Yes, absolutely. Oh, okay, and loves to.
0: And then, how are so, you learning? Yeah. Just by experience?
1: So I do, yeah, no, from experience, but also I do do pri- I do do lessons. Um, so I've actually had lesson earlier on today, uh which was good. And I do, but I'm also not afraid to speak French. So right. I know that I don't get my liaisons right or my congregations or whatever they calling it and all that sort of crap. I know. Oh, Jesus. But I try and I fake it as yeah. well. I've been really good at that throughout life, faking it until you make it. Um and so I do do that, you know, like I just look starry-eyed at the handsome fromage man um He's very attractive. Um, um, there you um go. yeah, he will be part of any future tours that I do. Here. Like I- people <laughs> can come and cook with me uh here eventually um i will be taking you to the market and you will meet the handsome fromage i'm
0: man. so excited to meet yes. the handsome fromage yes. man
1: well, i can't
0: wait i hope he's listening i can't wait to meet you <laughs> handsome fromage man now do you miss living in paris
1: mm. No, I've been back and forth a few times now um, and I enjoy it more and more when I go. Um, that's be- the beauty of where we are. We're only two and a half hours from Paris by the train. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's fantastic when you're in the countryside. That's nothing. Um, so, no, I don't miss it, but I don't not enjoy going anymore. I, in mm-hmm. the beginning, because that was partly because it was COVID and there wasn't a lot open. And you felt a bit unsafe, but now, um, well, unsafe is in regards to the virus and, you know, like, et cetera. Um, but now, no, I think it's a fabulous place. I enjoy going um, and I like that. Would I live there again? I don't know. I do crave two things in rela- regards to big cities that I haven't had for a while. One is English-speaking. Mm. So that's kind of something that I'd like. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the UK opening up or maybe I'd go to Amsterdam or somewhere where they do just fluently mm-hmm. speak English. Um, but also, or the US. Um, but also Boston, baby.
0: Come exactly. to Boston. You get a little pied-à-terre here in Boston. Yeah. That would be...
1: But- The other thing is also a little bit of gay, you know. Um, I love the French countryside, but it's not like it's Mardi Gras (laughs) 24-7, you know. So um, uh, it would be good to meet up, uh, maybe go to a, you know, a gay bar or something like that if they still have them. I don't know if they have them or not anymore. Um, Oh, um, let's hope.
0: There's hope. Yes. If I go to
1: the UK, the first thing I'm gonna try and do is do a drag bingo. I oh, love a good drag bingo. I love a so. good
0: drag bingo. Drag bingo, drag brunch, drag, drag up your yes. life. I'm in. I, I love know,
1: it. I know. Actually, that's a good segue. Actually, if you want yeah. to learn French, you yeah. go to bingo here in France. Bingoing. They call it Lotto.
0: Yes. oh because
1: they're wonderful. gonna say
0: all of the numbers and the letters the yes. in french mm, mm. Yes. Mm. but they
1: don't they don't do the whole sort of thing like i was a bit disappointed so there's no sort of you know legs 11 um, or, or my favorite uh top of the house 90. <laughs> See, I'd be a very excellent figure. 69. Oh, 69. You mm. need
0: to do your own. We you all know what they say.
1: Maggie, Maggie's dead, number 10.
0: <laughs> I'm all coming. All the
1: sixes, clickety click.
0: Clickety click. I love it. Oh, um,
1: here we go. Last one. I last one. Yeah. Unlucky for some 13. <laughs>
0: one of my favorite numbers I love 13 I was born on the 13th mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a good one my birthday is next week mm-hmm. the oh, 13th.
1: Oh. just taking a
0: note. <laughs> so Send love. I'll give you my Venmo no I'm just kidding um <laughs> let's talk briefly about you and this isn't briefly but I know oh, you and I could talk so for literally so hours because how long does your podcast go for until I say it stops so <laughs> Isn't that the the beauty of having a podcast?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just split the long ones into two episodes. Oh, Bradley. you might
0: be a part one and a part two at this point. So speaking of podcasts, wait, we need to talk part about part
1: two, Andrew. No, hold on, wait. Part yeah. two. Andrew bites back. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the kitchen. And right. Andrew
0: kitchen. bites back. All right. Done. Yes. Okay. And this is probably yeah. going to be a two-party because we need to <laughs> talk about your podcast and your YouTube. So yes. we have to. Oh,
1: okay. Fabulous. I know. Well, so your podcast,
0: your podcast, mm-hmm. fabulously okay. delicious. I oui. absolutely love it. Now, what made you, and I, this is such a stupid question, but I have to ask: oh. what made you want to do a podcast, Andrew?
1: Uh, what made me want to do the podcast well partly the pandemic Peter Um, was
0: like get Go, go talk to somebody. You've got to do something. Yeah, <laughs> so you need to do something. Go talk to somebody yeah. quickly because
1: yeah. we've been yeah. locked in this house for nine months. Yeah. Um, no, no. But, look, I really wanted to do the podcast because, well, I, it's like, you know, for the YouTube channel, I have to make myself look pretty. Right. Um, you know, for the podcast, it's just my voice. So, you know, it's fine. I can do it no matter what I'm wearing In your or not wearing. exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, look, I wanted to do something. I was, I have been meaning to like sort of, you know, should I do a blog or should I do that? But I'm not a writer mm. and I do want to do cookbooks. Um, but when I want to do a cookbook, I'm always thinking, well, what type of book do I want to do? And I look at all the French cookbooks out there. And of course you've got the, you know, the big one, which is, um, you know, of course, Julia Child's the
0: Bible. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. there's uh, there is part of Julia Child's cookbook that doesn't sit well with me, mm-hmm. which is controversial um, to some people, I'm sure. And that is that it is a book that is made for an audience that's not French. Yes, and it was made at a time when the, when you couldn't get everything. That, you know, that you you probably didn't have creme fraiche um, or, you know, a really good example is the, I think it's the birth and young recipe or the coque recipe. But one of them in that book, she boils the bacon. We
0: talked about this. She yes, it's this. the coque you
1: know, Yeah. And there's no need to do that now. She yeah. did that then specifically because the bacon that you got in America at that time, that the people that were going to be buying the book um, would have been able to get needed to be boiled. But you don't, if you get a good lard on now, which is what the recipe calls for mm-hmm. a lard on, if you go to your supermarket even in the US and buy nice bacon at, uh, at um, what is it, Trader Joe's, yeah. um, uh, in the same here in France or the same in Australia, you go to a good super- supermarket, you buy good bacon you don't need to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: You don't need to get out those impurities, the nitrates, or whatever it is that she was trying to get out of that because it was highly processed at that time. Um, and you just buy good ingredients, which is what a lot of French recipes are about, buying just the good ingredients that you have at hand to make a dish. Seasonally, you make that dish. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to... So I just didn't want to do any old cookbook. And I just thought... You know, I really want people to look at these dishes that they know, but find out about them and find out the history of them or find out the right way to cook them. And then the other thing that I love doing with my tours is learning about other people. So is it just going to be about me telling you this? Well, I'm just the guy that went on MasterChef and moved to France. I'm not really, you know, like, am I an expert? No. Well, what if I get people that I know are lovers of things to teach us and to tell oh. us why they're Yeah. About? And so that's how Fabulously Delicious came about. It's the podcast It's all about French food, the people that make it, cook it, eat it, love it, write about it, photograph it. Yeah. And That's it. They're all people, each episode is devoted to a specific topic. And then there's a guest for that episode. We learn about the guest, what got them into food. Do they love France? Do they live here? If they don't, when they've been here, that sort of thing. Get to know them a bit a bit and you know, and then we talk about the topic and get to know more about that topic, etc. And it's been great. I've had amazing guests um, and learnt really fabulous things on her. I, I had this one guest, um, Amy Pfizer, where she talked about um, uh, the autumn harvest because autumn yeah, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like so many things. And, I mean, and I'm sure that anybody that goes to farmer's markets will know how amazing autumn time is because you're it's getting magical. this leftover part yeah. of summer. You've still got summer fruits and things like this. Then you're getting all these things that are ready and ripe now mm-hmm. uh, for autumn. And um, so we were talking about the autumn harvest with Amy, and it turned out through my research I found that, you know, her um, one of her long-lost cousins was one of America's first uh, celebrity female chefs before Julia Charles. Who? Um, uh, so that was, you're testing me now. I am. Um, Google Betty, Betty. Betty Fazer. Betty Fazer. Oh, wow. And she was a Southern cook. And so she had a show and you can actually um, Google it and there's a one of the episodes is on YouTube because um, it's that old. Um, but I love yeah,
0: that. She's
1: fabulous. So I love that we're getting to learn different things. You know, um, we've learned about Italian food from one of our um, guests because she, you know, she's just got this love of Italian food. But also learning about things about what it's like. I really like this sort of juxtaposition of um, how people grew up in places like Australia and the States to how people grew up, in, especially around food, but just mm-hmm. in general to the people that grew up here in France. And um, it's been great to talk to actually French people and ha- hear stories about how, oh, you know, yeah, I lived in this, the town that was, you know, 13th century Chateau, oh. you know, or people that grew up in Paris, because that's completely different to the people yeah. that like us that grew up in Boston or grew up in yeah. several tops in Australia. Right, where
0: we're going to supermarkets and it was... Food was not, growing up, I mean, I'm a child of the, the 80s and food in the 80s was not what food is now. It wasn't revered the way food is revered now and the people who create yeah. it.
1: But Camille, who I've just had on this episode um, for Christmas, doing about talking about Christmas food traditions in France, and Camille was talking about how she um, she didn't feel that she grew up in Paris. She grew up in her neighbourhood in Paris. She didn't wow. go to, she didn't spend time at the Louvre when she was growing up. She didn't go to the Eiffel Tower every other month wow. um, when she was growing up. She spent very little time out of her arrondissement, out of her little neighbourhood, her local park, her apartment. And people get the fringe. Every Wednesday afternoon, they get Wednesday off, um, the Wednesday afternoon off. And a lot of the, the kids do. And a lot of the parents do as well in their workplaces. And do you know why? Why? So they get Wednesday afternoon off so that they can do their activities like playing sport, going to ballet lessons, all of these sorts of things that we would normally do on the weekend. You yeah. Do Saturday. No, because in France it's really important for you to have your weekend with your family. So you go to your country house on the weekend or something yeah. like that. So I love Love these sorts of things that we get to know. And, you know, I am a real, I I really love the uh, Julia Charles. I really love the Emily in Paris. I really Mm -hmm. love the American, the American love affair with France because I think it is really, really important for us because the Americans, you guys are the ones that really embrace this sort of stuff and Mm -hmm. put it out there to the rest of the world. But I love hearing the real way it is um, and the real way that the French live and also the real way that actual people live here in France. When it's about food, it's great because we get to learn all the the real life things. Whereas I think that sometimes when you speak to the expat sort of people have made livings out of being expat bloggers or all of that sort of stuff, nothing wrong with them but it is a little bit too negative focused and you're not really learning the real way of life in France.
0: Yeah, I agree. And you, if you're, if you're viewing it as an expat and that, that, which is fine, you're never really ever going to view yourself as an insider, which is what you want when you're trying to immerse yourself in a culture and live, live in that culture. Right. So what do you have coming up in 2022 for uh, your podcast listeners?
1: So I've got um, an amazing two-part episode. So uh, Andrew Bates back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, l- last year that was last year that was reserved for two people. One was Gabriel Gaté, who was pretty much Australia's uh, French celebrity chef. He would be your um, Australia's version of, uh, I would say, say Eric Repair. Oh, okay, um, he, sure. He was friends with Paul Bocuse, etc. So he had a 2 parter episode, and so did uh, Philip Teza, who is uh, at the Napa restaurant in yeah. um, America. He's a judge on the Bocuse store. So this year, um, in um, uh, coming up, I'm going to actually have uh, Cheese Month, and mm. I am having um, Will Stud is this. He had this show called Cheese Slices. And it went international, and it was pretty much the only show that is was all about artisanal, artisanal um, cheeses from around the world on television. And um, he was fantastic. He was instrumental in getting Rockfort cheese into Australia mm. because it was banned for so long. Right. And um, Oh, because of the raw milk. So raw milk uh, cheese weren't yeah. allowed US in Australia. You yeah.
0: Um,
1: and so he was really instrumental in that. And um, it's a great episode. It's really, really fantastic. We learn all about his sort of, he lived in London, grew up in London. He set up a um, delis in London and then moved to Australia and uh, set up this cheese importing business and then had this career on television as well. And, um, and, and of course, the Rockford case. So that's really, it's been a, that was a really fabulous two-part episode. I've also got um, uh, a really wonderful episode on Berthe Gagnon, mm. my favourites, which is really uh, funny because we have this sort of, uh, Olivier is the um, guest on that episode, and I get into this kind of philosophical question about French food and and again, this sort of the topic of how it's changed for other audiences, yeah. um, and what that means. Uh, and so that was uh, it was a good that was a really good interview. So yeah, but many many more. It's um it's fabulous. And what I really love is that it's turning into this uh, sort of it's turning into this evergreen content, so to speak. It's yeah. it's, it's this real sort of just out there and, and I say I'll I'll just do it forever. I will just do this podcast. Even if people aren't listening to podcasts and listening to podcasts anymore, I'll still do it. Um and uh put it out there in the world and um you know it'll be like uh the beta max uh videos uh, I'll still yeah I'll still do them. I'll
0: totally do them. the laser discs yeah. of uh audio and
1: totally.
0: um your podcast it airs what day of the week and how frequently
1: so it is airing on Tuesdays weekly.
0: Mm-hmm. Last awesome. year was
1: Thursdays. So I decided yep. to change it to Tuesdays. Love to that. Keep it, I, keep I it fresh. That, um, I feel you need to change things up a bit. Um, please. See if I can do something with the algorithm. Um, in fact, if there's anybody that knows anything about an algorithm, please get in contact with me. Um, Both of because, us. Yeah. Please. Uh, I'm just- <laughs> no terribly bad at algorithm
0: love a good algorithm speaking mm. of algorithms do you want to answer really? a few listener questions
1: oh did you want to hold on did you want to talk about my youtube channel
0: i do but Very we're briefly. gonna actually dive we can yeah but we're gonna dive into the youtube channel in some listener questions
1: oh, all right but, let's do that do you no, want to no, do it that probably, way no no do the listener questions
0: okay and then yes. if if we don't touch enough on youtube We'll come back
1: to YouTube. We'll come back to YouTube.
0: Love that. That Love that adventure for us. I do. And is there a time that you have to jump off at?
1: No. Um, I didn't walk the dogs this morning, and it looks like I'm not walking the dogs today. Actually, it's <laughs> raining outside. It's raining men, everybody. Oh, Hallelujah! Yay.
0: Hallelujah! Oh. That's my Rainy favorite man. kind of rain. The only oh, kind I, I like. I'm um,
1: stay inside. <laughs>
0: Chris from Instagram writes: I oh. think I would make incredible reality TV. I love cooking. I have always wanted to go on Master Chef, Top Chef, or Chopped. Truly, any of them. Do you have any advice on how to stand out during the interview process?
1: Yes, Chris, that's a very good question. Um, And my advice would be to be yourself. Mm. In my interview process, I remember there was a situation. We were all there and we were six of the producers. I think they were, there was lots of different people on one side of the table and 13 would-be contestants on the other side. And we all had to bring our dish in and, uh, and talk. We brought our dish in and they would try our dish. And it was a cold dish. We had to prepare it all sure. from home and just plate it up there. And so I did this. I made a lovely chicken and pistachio cranberry terrine Ooh. with uh, onion jam and parmesan crisp. Yeah. And so I presented my dish, and you were asked to talk about your dish and also what your dish represents with you, why you brought it, and talk about yourself through your dish. And there was a lady there, and I forget, I'll change her name for the sake of uh, what we're doing here. But she was there, and um, she was oh, so, yes, my name's Lavinia, and um, I'm I'm from the Mornington Peninsula, and I don't know why I'm crying, but um, you know, like this is because you know everything's from the Mornington Peninsula, and um, it's really, really lovely. And and uh, this is why I'm sort of you know here is because I just want to bring everything to the, about the Mornington Peninsula to MasterChef and to the program. Um. Now I tasted her dish, it was bloody delicious, but mm. they obviously didn't get her on because mm-hmm. she was crying, right? she would been crying get-go. the whole
0: time.
1: They wanna make you cry. They don't wanna cry, yeah. they wanna make you cry.
0: Yeah.
1: So you've just gotta be yourself. Um, you know, uh, I went on there and I was just, you've heard me all listening to this episode, yeah. and I was just like that. Uh, one of the judges uh, said to me, is this a Maggie beer recipe? And I said, actually, it is. And, oh, my God, how did you know that just from tasting it? I said, I want to be you. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> like...
0: <laughs> but that's not even like a compliment in like an ass kissy way. Like, that's just your personality. Just like, yeah, yeah, that's just I want to
1: be here that I know what Yeah, this issue that you can I... do
0: something. Yeah, right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I would I would add in to just be try to be as relaxed as you can be. I mean, I'm sure it's a very nerve wracking experience, but you just have to go into it just saying I, I don't care the outcome of this. Like it, this isn't going to you didn't. If you go into something and you think and you put a lot of eggs in that basket and then this is it. It's
1: not gonna happen. It's not yeah. gonna happen. No. It's you have be to natural. be natural. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love and that. Don't
1: you don't have don't, you know, don't act, don't do anything, just be yourself.
0: Yeah. Love yeah. that. Um, Jude in California writes, okay, let me start this off by saying I am not the world's greatest home cook. And maybe it's the cold weather, but I really want to learn how to make. I'm gonna Butcher this, so Andrew, step in a Toulouse cassoulet. A
1: cassoulet. We oui, oui, did I say that? Well, did it's I from say Toulouse? The... Okay, it's from okay. Toulouse. So I
0: did say it right. Okay, great. <laughs> I have had it many times, but never attempted it. And when I looked up the recipe, I thought, "You have got to be kidding me! It's such a air quotes simple looking dish, but man, oh man, is it complex! Any advice? Am I crazy to do this?
1: Um, no, you're not. But there are some, you know, like okay, how much time do you have to make it? Like, are you going to make it, like, right from scratch? Right. And make the whole thing? Or are you going to take some little cheeky side steps? Yeah, you know? for
0: those who don't know, a Toulouse cassoulet is basically, what, duck confit, sausage, yep. yes, beans,
1: beans. Yes.
0: and a beautiful sauce with maybe yes. even a bouquet garni in it. And yep. it takes time to do all of those steps exactly
1: so i would buy a really lovely duck confit Ah. i would buy a really nice sausage as opposed to making your own Mm -hmm. and also like you don't maybe you might want to use something a little bit spicy in the sausage to have a bit of to it Mm -hmm. especially in the warmer times which is when you're having it but then put all your focus into the sauce and the beans.
0: yeah because you don't want to use canned beans in this
1: No, 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 there's no point. You know, look, the only thing that canned beans, I feel, are really, really good for is that weeknight dinner or when you want to feed your kids baked beans and you don't mind them farting. Um, But apart from that, canned beans.
0: Yeah, I agree. I totally, and I love the suggestion of buying duck confit.
1: Buy it. Buy it. It's hard because, like, I see in France here, I see people selling the duck legs and to make people making their own comfy. But I oh, see it in a butcher right next to this really fabulous, delicious duck comfy already yeah. made. Yeah. And I'm not French, but I love French food. One day I will make duck comfy. Yeah. But for my weeknight dinner, mm-hmm. if I just want to chuck a couple of duck confit uh, legs and uh, thighs into the oven and have them all crispy up and Mm. it melts in the mouth thing (gasps) with some duck we're putting some potatoes in that to get that duck fat that's what i want to do dirty to me you know like for me also like it's just the two of us and the dogs but when you don't have a big family to cook for and stuff like that it's hard to make some of these dishes um and so that's where you get the julia child's thing which is really great because yeah. that's those recipes that are sort of designed for that, that are sort of designed for us being, you know, not in France with a big family house or with the, the availability to store things. Right. Or this history of storing things. I pickle stuff and then it's like I don't get around to eating it.
0: I know. We need to talk about your pickling of mm. your your trees, your fruit trees, man! Oh yeah. man, I know, I know. Um Amy in New York writes, "I've traveled quite a bit, but have never made it to France." Oh, Trey, uh, Trey, I don't know how to say. Uh, very bad, Trey Desolé. Trey
1: Mal, no trauma, trauma, trauma.
0: What are ma-ma, your ma-ma. top five must-do things in France?
1: In France, in the whole
0: country of France
1: mean the number one thing you must do is go on one of my tours, or come cooking class. There you go. Um, but my top thing, top five things to do uh, in France. Uh, number one would be to, of course, go up the Eiffel Tower. It's a must. Um, I really do feel that. Uh, pardon me. Number two is to. Um, oh, number. Two yeah. would be to go to Lyon mm-hmm. and to go to one of Paul Bocuse's restaurants. Uh, he has since passed away, but um, his restaurants are all still there. He has four bistros, north, uh, nord, sud, west, and east. I can't say the west and the east in France because it sounds weird for me to say it. Uh, and then he has his own, the restaurant, the Bacuse, mm-hmm. um, which is just amazing. That's where he's, uh, if you he can get to that one, that is just fantastic. Um, he was born in that restaurant and died in that restaurant, which I think is pretty amazing. Um, and then there's a food hall there devoted to him as well. So Lyon, definitely number two. Uh, number three, I would say, would be to go down to the Côte d'Azur, uh, obviously on my tour. But if you can't do my tour, just go to the Côte d'Azur and uh, explore that area around there. There's so many fabulous places to go to around there. It's a hop, skip, and a jump away from Italy, uh, so you can literally just do Italy in a day if you're if you're in Nice. Um, yeah. and so it really is fantastic uh, around there. Uh, number four is to have some Camembert and apple cider in Brittany. Mm they're a marriage made in heaven yeah uh, like me and my husband Um, uh, they just go together and I was gonna
0: I thought you were gonna say you and the dogs
1: (laughs) yeah well there's that as well um and uh number five is to travel by train Mm. because it is fantastic the TGV is so good it's so quick and you get to see the French countryside along the way. When you get in a car, or when you get in a plane, or in a car, a plane, you're going to see airports, and in yeah. a car, you're going to see um, freeways. Yep. But when you're on a train, you get to see the French countryside, and it's stunning and beautiful. And yeah, that's what I couldn't I would agree say. more.
0: And I say the same thing about when you travel in Italy to take the train when you can, if you're traveling like through the country. But when you do. Personally, I would recommend springing for the slightly more expensive first class ticket if you can afford it, because only because when you get, I've done both, and it's not like the experience is that drastically different. But when I did go in the coach section, the guy sitting, it's a very tight quarter, and the person sitting across from us had some, he was patient zero for some (laughs) plague. and he sneezed and it went everywhere. And then I came home from that trip after spending a month in Italy and the doctor said to me verbatim, we have not seen this strain of whatever cold virus thing I got from that man in 30 years. Were you traveling in Southeast Asia? And I said, no, I was in the coach section of a train from, to Rome and they were like Hello. oh so spring for first class it's only a few yeah. euro more plan ahead oh. just saying just yeah saying. and sometimes they buy one get one free, so you never know yeah. keep your eye out but yeah. that's my only suggestion Seth and I'm not bougie but yeah. your girl doesn't camp and sometimes trains and coach are some like camping to me
1: yeah um, I don't do camp if I am camp
0: I am camp too <laughs> I'm enough camp for all of us Seth from Instagram writes, Andrew, you are Ooh. fabulous. I love <laughs> watching you, your Seth. YouTube channel. Will you be doing oh, more <laughs> episodes? Do you have any remote cooking or Zoom classes for us not in France?
1: Oh, Seth, you are fabulous. Thank you for asking this question. Uh, so, yes, the yes answer to both in 2022. I'm going to be doing a lot more YouTube um, you have videos. To. I want to do them, uh, well, hopefully the algorithm picks them up. Uh, The the algorithm keeps on doing what's just really well is my Paris videos, which is Mm. great, Mm -hmm. but I'm doing the cooking ones now. So um, I have been doing cooking fabulously on them up until about i think it was july was my last episode yeah. um around then but no in next year i will be doing them to collate with the podcast so where we talk about recipes and things like that on the podcast i'll also be doing videos for them to do the actual recipes mm-hmm. Um, and then I am working on uh, having more content for Patreon and I think a good way to do that is cooking classes so yeah. uh, that is something else I'm working on for 2022 so yes stay tuned Seth and um, but look hey you can don't yeah, it's always coming to France.
0: Yeah definitely yeah. and we all are going to come visit you in France yes. but uh, for those who don't know go on YouTube and watch Andrew's channel cooking fabulously it is yes. a total riot he is a dollop oh, we love you so much and uh, also subscribe to his patreon page because he does release yes, content really on there cool. that you can't mm. get anywhere else so be fabulous with Andrew. jenny in chicago writes i as a massive fan of reality tv cooking competitions and gossip i feel like the two go hand in hand Jenny, a lover of my, a lover yes. of my, after my own heart. What is the best gossip you heard from the season on MasterChef? I asked this earlier, oh my God, Jenny, you really? and mm. Jenny and I want to know, and Andrew said he needed time to think. So Andrew, tick tock, buddy. Tick tock. Gosh,
1: okay. The best gossip. Awesome. Dork.
0: Um, did someone break a I... heel? Like, did a celebrity trip on a spoon? Like, what Tell us, Andrew. Tell us. Oh, make it up. up. We'll believe you. Did Curtis Stone choke on a palm?
1: Tell us. Oh, no, but Curtis Stone did tell me to move faster, big boy. I mean, that's something about it. There, he called he me big boy.
0: Not.
1: He did. He. That did. didn't make me care. Did it? Stone. I don't know if it did or not. I can't remember. But look, I love. Don't judge Curtis for that. I, no, I, I, but I, you I, can I don't say actually. That. Secretly, I don't think he was talking about my weight. Just saying. Um, but anyway, moving right you along so much. <laughs> We can only a boy can only hope. I, I did blush every time he spoke to me, but I did. But you is know, he, um, is he
0: that handsome in person too? Gosh. Does he do, He doesn't look like and him you've he would got look to real. Re-
1: You've got to remember, I was a 39 year old gay man who wow. hadn't been, I was four weeks away from my husband I in know. a house with sharing, I was sharing a bedroom with Ugh. seven other straight men
0: who snored like
1: in and, bunk beds, you snore and do yeah. things, Too you know, you do not know, hear. no, no
0: know.
1: because you know, yeah. So I, yeah, being that close to Curtis, it was an experience. And was um, he
0: short? Shorter than no. you imagined in person? No, no,
1: he's not. He's the same height as me. if not oh. maybe a little bit taller. No, no, very, very nice man. Very nice man. Kirsten. Yeah. Um, even though he called me big boy. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, gossip, 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 gossip. Um, what no. can we say? What can uh-huh. we say? Look, I do think that maybe I could tell you that maybe there might have been experience. There was gossip one of the contestants that was, I'd say, maybe in the top Mm ten might have been single and there might have been somebody else that was single and they might have hooked up. Now, I'm not going to say who or what, um, but uh, let's just say that could have happened, that might have been gossip. Yep. You're sequestered um, away
0: for that long. I mean, exactly. And you do probably get free booze when you get back to the house.
1: Well, I was just going to say, if I was sequestered, if I was gone for six months on that show without injury yeah. and they put Nigella Lawson in there with me, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, um, I'm definitely gay, but, you know, you'd motorboat six months that. away and you put Nigel, Nigella there, mm-hmm. I w- maybe would have turned.
0: I don't think you would have, but I think you would have sat there and gossiped with her and watched her eat food.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, totally, that would have been fabulous. Be you would life. have
0: been like, can you just unbutton just a little bit further down while I watch yeah. you eat that? Yeah. No, totally, yeah.
1: I got but, um, It was Julie, wasn't it? mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: The listener? Um, yeah, I mean, let's Jenny. let's- Jenny,
0: Jenny. Jenny, sorry, Jenny. Jenny from the blog.
1: Jenny. Yeah, Jenny, contact me. Get into, slide into my DMs on Instagram. I'll tell you and let's talk i'll tell you some things that actually happened off the record um but also um anytime you anybody your listeners want to talk about the real housewives um, and gossip about the real housewives i'm totally there um in
0: a heartbeat Mm, in a heartbeat he took over a clubhouse for half a day talking about the real housewives (laughs) it's true morgan from instagram i know french food is amazing i mean who doesn't love butter butter And more butter. But now, since being there for a few years, have you discovered any surprises in French cuisine that you didn't know about before you went and have since fallen in love
1: with? So many, so many, so many. But how can you go past butter is what I want to say. Well, Um, the French
0: butter is like the Irish butter. It's just- And I come
1: come from a region called the Poitou. We we live in a region, the Poitou Charente, which is uh, um, actually known for its butter and um and part of it is the cows so the cows are all a certain breed of cows um and then they are they're not the black and white cows um, no, they're, they're actually cows. brown cows and yeah. um they're um because apparently i read this statistic the other day in an article that something like more than 90 percent of the world's milk comes with the jersey black and white cow i think it is jersey uh-huh. cow i'm not sure um And it never used to be the case, obviously. It used to be the case, like here in France, that different regions around the world had different cows and that's where the milk came from. But because those cows are supposed to give more milk, et cetera, blah, 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 that that's where the majority of it comes from now. Um, But in this region, it comes from these cows and they're specific to the region and they make this butter. This milk makes this butter that is just absolutely fabulous in history. And so they use it all around. Um, that is great. I, since moving to France, I have really just love, and part of doing the podcast is just finding out these new foods. But um, each, you know, like for an example, we had somebody on doing the fouille, and I haven't had one yet, but I can't wait because of mm. COVID. Um, I can't wait to go to the south of France, southwest it is, and try the fouille. It's basically a French flatbread. Now, yeah. I had no idea that the French even made a flatbread. No,
0: I didn't um, know either. It's all
1: about the baguette that apparently yeah. they do. Um, and, you know, one of the things that you can do when you're exploring outside of Paris and you go going to regional areas and just towns, each town's patisserie will have a different version of a cake, their own regional version of a little cake or tart. And so you try that. It can be something that's made out of Mirabelle plums or something that's apple or something that's something, you know, chocolate or whatever it is. You go and you try this. Um, some have been made famous, like, you know, the Mont Blanc mm. um, the dessert, uh, which is, you know, meringue with cream all over it, etc., and it's just amazing. It's a little cake. But then some, like I had uh, Elise uh, Botivo on the podcast and she was talking about the um, Galette Charente, uh, Galette, Galette Charentez and mm-hmm. who would have known? And literally, when we were in Normandy, um, uh, it was, and we would go to one town, and then there would be this like they'd have all their tarts, and they'd have the usual, the parry breast, and this, and the the um, eclair chocolat. But then there'd be this little one that was the specialty, and it's oh. a specialty from that town. God, so
0: I would eat want, everything. Mm, I know mm-hmm. we should make it
1: our mission when you come to France yeah. to, to pick at least an area where you can go to 10, 12, 20 different towns or just go to the different patisseries in each one of <sighs> those towns and try something that's only the maid there.
0: I'm going to have to walk to each town because man, oh man, I'm going to be the size of a land yacht by the time I leave France
1: no you will be fine you just drink lots of wine eat lots of cheese and then you know go on a diet when you go back home yeah just...
0: let's chase it with some lipitor Ira in massachusetts writes, i just bought mastering the art of french cooking by the one and only julia child i have never cooked authentic french food before but i'm gonna give it a go don't worry i'm not gonna pull a julie and julia but i do want to dive into it head first any tips when cooking authentic French food?
1: Yes, go and buy another cookbook. What um, <laughs> <laughs> no, cookbooks I mean do you the recommend then?
0: Hold on, guy. but but we'll, yeah. we'll answer that question. But I also then tap what, what cookbooks you do recommend for cooking okay, authentic French food. So hold French on, food. I'm just going yeah. to go yeah. over. Yeah, so please. we're
1: going to go to the wall. Of
0: let's go to the wall. I have a so wall as well downstairs. downstairs.
1: So look, as you can see here. Oh, look, there's the gay cookbook. Oh, um, I love it. You know, I love the guy. And then this is my friend. This is the, a good uh, celebrity chef in Australia since passed away, Bernard King. Oh, love I his books. Um, they're all in different areas, but these are the French. So, okay. look, I think a really great one would be to get. Uh, yes, I'm going to go for this one. Go for the LaRousse Gastronomy. Oh, yeah. Not cheap. But it's about the same price. It's sort of by um, uh, LaRousse uh, and, you know, it's the one to get. It's sort of like it's going to have everything in there and it's going to be the real authentic way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then this one here, Jeanette Mathieu, Mm -hmm. uh, I Know How to Cook, it's called. Uh, Jeanette is spelled G-I-N-E-T-T-E and Mathiot is M-A-T-H-I-O-T. Mm-hmm. And this is, we have in Australia, like um, uh, Stephanie Alexander did these books so all about, you know, how to cook things. And it's sort of like they the the for Australian cooking, they were the sort of like Martha Stewart sort of slash Julia sure. stuff. So Jeanette is like that for the French and it's just the French book that's been turned into an English version of it because okay. it's so popular here in France they thought let's do an English version
0: of it I love that well um, I'm going to be your photographer when we do your cookbooks
1: so. absolutely yes oh, yeah. you come for that yeah. but there's nothing wrong with Julia's book no. just go for try to find a book that is really um I try to, when I'm looking for French cookbooks, I try to find books that have been done by French people that have been put into English Mm -hmm. and go from that. Um, And also I really, really, really love old 60s, 70s, 80s cookbooks. Yeah. um, From France because if you think about it, like it's sort of really the old school way of doing it and you just, all these I heard a chef say, I think it was George Kolobaris, one of the judges from MasterChef, I think, or Matt Preston, I can't remember who it was, but just sort of said there's no such thing as a new recipe. Like there's no one sort of out there doing new things all the time um, when it comes to things like Greek or French cuisine because they're just old recipes done a different way. Mm -hmm. Each chef puts their own interpretations on them. And that's exactly what Julia did Julia put her interpretation. She spent, what is it, five, six, seven years working on this book to create recipes for an audience, to change the coque from the way that the French did it so that her publishers and she would be, she Mm -hmm. most importantly, would be happy and to be able to teach Americans to do that. That's a fabulous thing, Mm -hmm. Um, but that's her interpretation on that
0: right and And,
1: I have my own and the lady up the road would have her way of cooking it
0: right and I think like you've said so beautifully before that if he can just if Ira if you can take like for example the van recipe and you have a little bit of culinary know-how behind you and you see that it says boil the bacon you don't have to boil the bacon other than that that recipe is a beautiful recipe it is written beautifully I would aim to get some of the better ingredients that you can find to make these recipes because, and I also, dare I say, would probably not take too many shortcuts with her recipes yeah, that, that like with the coca van recipe, it is actually three recipes in one, because there's another recipe for the onions. There's another yep. recipe for the, the mushrooms and then the coca van itself. Cause you cook those ingredients separately. And then when you yep. plate it, it comes together and it does make a difference in the way yeah. that it comes out. So
1: so I do, with my cocoa van, I do the bacon and the mushrooms at the end. Ah. So, and then do it that way. So that the bacon is cooked, then the fat there, and I cook the mushrooms in that. So the mushrooms yep. develop the bacon flavor and then it gets put in the cocoa van. Yep. So that makes mine a little bit different then. Yeah, your version of a cocoa And there's nothing And then following that recipe and then adding to it if you want, because if they use an ingredient that you can't get or you don't know about or something like that, that's fine. But maybe the best way is just to do it the way that they do it and present it in a more modern style. And that's all it really, a lot of those recipes are. They just need to be presented um, in a different style.
0: Absolutely. So what are you making currently in your own house that you are falling in love with?
1: So it's obviously it's coming up to winter here, but yeah. I'm loving doing soups. So tonight, actually, mm-hmm. uh, we, I need to get my, sh- my skates on, but yes. we are making a potato and leek soup. Mm. So um, I am loving, um, I am a really big proponent of trying not to throw things out. So I make a lot of vegetable stock. Um, because I just like the idea of having lots of vegetable, lots of stock in the freezer, but I just make a lot of vegetable stock so that I can just use up all the veggies and stuff. Yeah. So I just add that in. Um, and so my potato and leek soup, I'm actually going to serve it with some um, uh, fried, and, fried Brussels sprouts and also some roasted cauliflower, um, mm. uh, le- the, 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 the green parts of the cauliflower. You yeah. roast those. They're amazing. They're like, they're the new kale. Stop yeah, it. Don't throw them away.
0: Stop it. Yeah, I never thought to kale. do that. Yeah, I will totally. do that. That sounds delicious. Yeah. All right.
1: So, yes. So how doing.
0: can people get a hold of you? How can they find you?
1: Oh, well, my number is. Um, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for a good time call.
1: Yes. Yeah, for a good time call, Andrew. Um, <laughs> no, you can get a hold of me. You can find me uh, at fabulously.com. Uh, On Instagram, I'm Andrew Pryor, Fabulously. And uh, Fabulously is on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, And, uh, yeah, so I would love it if people come and find me. And uh, if they listen to the podcast and they like it, please leave a review. um, Yes. uh, Yes. Uh, Look, uh, I am a big, strong component of just uh, my motto in life is whatever you do, do it fabulously. And, uh, and that is the way I live my life. And, uh, I hope that others do as well. And if it just means there's one other person out there listening to me, that's fabulous. If one day in the world, there's a million, that's even more fabulous.
0: That's even more fabulous. Okay. Last question. Mm. If COVID wasn't a thing and you had all the money in the world, where are you going and what are you eating?
1: Oh. Oh, I know. I it's know. hard. I know, Muffin. It's really hard. I know. You know, actually, I am obsessed with Heather Dubrow's house on The Real Housewives of Orange <laughs> at the moment. So I am totally going there. Heather, I'm knocking on your door and I'm bringing the cobbler along with me. <laughs> Um, let's hope she's not vegan because I, I I thought I knew enough about her but I just realised I don't know what she eats. That's okay. Um, I don't think she's vegan because I've I seen the meat pizza, but yeah, they yeah, could be vegan cheese. Um, oh. But no, I'm bringing Cocovan to have a de house, um, uh, and yeah, I'm going to the US because it's uh, it's been too long, and um, and especially in California, I haven't done enough in California. Um, I've only been to LA, and I was only there for three or four days. Oh so yeah, no. LA. I've done New York because yeah. you know I love New York. Um, other cities make me feel like I'm a dork. Um, <laughs> you know, I love New York. What um, uh, was no? That's Madonna's. Yeah, I don't yeah. like cities, but I love New York. Other cities yeah. make me feel like a dork. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, I do wish to explore the, um, the rest of America. Um, yeah, although, there's a lot in uh,
0: between the New York yeah, and LA for sure. Yeah,
1: yes. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, yeah, I, I did get a Christmas card the other day um, from the family, with, and they were all holding guns. So maybe that part of oh, America I don't I need to go saw to.
0: saw that on Instagram. No, <laughs> they can go rotten hell. God. <laughs> Fucking don't even get me started. <laughs> don't even. My love, I can't thank you enough. This was the greatest day of my life chatting with you. I oh, love you to the moon You say that to all the guys. I do, I, I do, but <laughs> I mean it with you.
1: Oh, <laughs> no, it's been fabulous. Be like, You'll oh, have to come on, on Fabulously Delicious soon. I
0: soup. am, and we're going to talk Ooh. all about something very yummy. Ooh. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. We'll have ball. to have
1: lots of. Ho, ho, ho.
0: Ho, ho, ho. Ho, All ho, right, I'll see you soon.
1: Okay, merci beaucoup.
0: Merci beaucoup. Au Andrew, merci beaucoup. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was an utter delight delight to chat with you I will link all of Andrew's information in the show notes which can be found on my website elizabethrfuller.com if you have questions for the podcast shoot me an email let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com and of course tag me in all of your food adventures on instagram at let's go on a food adventure oh this was so much fun thank you guys so much for listening as always lead with kindness make some yummy food this weekend and i'll see you next friday bye